Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give honor and glory unto you, Jesus. Oh, we bless the holy name of the Lord. We bless the mighty name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We've come, Lord, to be in your presence, to worship you, Lord. We recognize that we are standing on holy ground tonight. You desire to dwell with your people, Lord. God, we enter into covenant with you tonight in the name of Jesus. We desire you more than our necessary food. We are hungry and thirsty for you, O oh God. Let your presence abide in this place, O oh Lord. Let your anointing abide in this place, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, I enjoy these uh, Sunday nights when we have reverse church. For, for those of you that are not familiar with that, what it represents, we had a very unique visitation of the Lord last year where we felt the Lord impress us that we need to learn to linger in his presence, not try to microwave the presence of God, not try to sort of, you know, fast track uh, being in church in his presence. Most of the time a service will go for an hour or so and maybe there's 10 or 15 minutes of prayer in the altar. But in reverse church, we try to do the opposite we try to minimize our preliminaries and, and even uh, the preaching of the word so that we can uh, spend some time in the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. God has met with us, hasn't he, throughout this year? Very special way. So we just call it reverse church. We, we hunger for his presence. And I want to read a, a few verses in your hearing from the book of Exodus chapter 33. And we begin reading in verse 15, Exodus chapter 33, and this is, uh, this is Moses in um, covenant and conversation with the Lord. The very unique time children of Israel have come to Mount Sinai. He's been up in the presence of God, and there has been... Uh, trouble in the camp. They were out of Egypt physically, but uh, their hearts and their spirits were still uh, in Egypt. They had spent 400 years there in slavery. They had gone back to worshiping a golden calf. Uh, there had been a, a judgment. We see this in chapter 32. Um, verses 28 and 29 it says there was about uh, 
3,000 men um, that, that died that day. And uh, verse 29 says that they had to consecrate themselves to the Lord, every man upon his son, upon his brother, that may bestow upon you a blessing. I, I worry sometimes that in this day and age that we live, that we forget that there's a price that comes with the blessing of God. The blessing of God is not something that is just given to us without a cost. Uh, I think that we cheapen the gospel when we think we can just snap our fingers and God's supposed to move. The Bible says the Spirit of God moves and lifts wherever it wants. It likes the wind. It comes and goes. There's a price to be paid. And many blessings that we have is because uh, we stand on the shoulders of previous generations. But they had to uh, consecrate themselves unto the Lord. And there was, uh, and there's just three verses that uh, I want to read from chapter 33 and verse 15. Moses is really having a heart-to-heart with God here. The, the entire exodus from Egypt is now under question. Do we go forward? Are we in the will of God? Or do we go back across that Red Sea and just hit the reset button? And he said unto him, this is Moses now speaking to God, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? The way that we find grace in his sight is when his presence is with us. When we know the favor of God is upon a particular place or people, it is demonstrated by his presence. And he says, there's no other way. I mean, unless we have your presence, how will we know that we have found grace in your sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Oh, my. I want to say tonight that the most valuable commodity on this planet is not the gold that's in the veins under the earth in rock formations. It's not the diamonds in the diamond mines. It's not copper and phosphate and precious minerals. The most valuable thing on this earth is the presence of God. Anybody here hungry for the presence of God? I, I want to speak uh, for just a few moments, and we're going to uh, pray and entertain the presence of God throughout this. Uh, but I want to at least just uh, lay the 
foundation. But I want to talk to you about four ways to enter into the presence of the Lord. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing. It's interesting as I uh, felt the Lord just put this on my heart uh, last night and today that I was reminded that uh, our good friends uh, that were with us this weekend, Jaron and Holly Carney, that pastor uh, Woodlawn Church, his father, uh, James Carney, was a great man of God that pastored that church before him uh, passed away um, just about uh, a year and a half to two years ago and uh, was uh, just a, a joy to be around. And I learned a lot from him. And uh, many years ago, they were having a dedication uh, service in that church. And one of our uh, apostolic uh, gospel songwriters and singers was uh, invited to be at their church for these anniversary services. And uh, he was um, in the audience just uh, preparing for the service and, and started writing on the back of one of their church programs uh, some words uh, that ended up um, becoming a song that's been sung uh, all over the world. They still have the little program where this song was written. It was written there uh, in their church on the back of a program uh, by Lanny Wolf during a, an anniversary service many years ago. But the words were simply, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. That song has touched many of people's heart and spirit. It's been sung all over the world. But the presence of God is so valuable. It's so important. And Moses said, Lord, if your presence is not going to go with us, I don't want to go. We're not going to go. And I want to say that um, as we go forward in the days and years ahead, we have got to have the presence of God in everything that we do. We've got to have the presence of God in our services. We've got to have the presence of God in our homes. We've got to have the presence of God over our children and our families. And the presence of God will go with us even as it did the children of Israel. What is interesting though in these verses that um, I read to you and in looking at this, um, the story, this exodus of the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt, we know that this is symbolic of God's church, God's people uh, coming out of the world and the journey that all of us take in learning how to uh, move away from the world and toward God is a journey that everybody individually, um, corporately, collectively, but everybody has to make that journey. 
we have to go through uh, the Red Sea, which we know is baptism. We have to have the blood applied to our lives, which we know uh, is repentance. We have to embrace the Word, uh, the law, the, the commandments of God's Word for us to live uh, a life that God's presence can dwell in. What is interesting in studying the children of Israel is that while they were in Egypt, they were not in the presence of God. They saw the judgment of God. And then when the blood was applied, they saw the mercy of God. But it was not until they separated themselves unto God through obedience that they entered into the presence of God. I want to say here tonight that everybody wants the presence of God. But not everybody wants to separate themselves unto God to be in His presence. If I could continue with the analogy of uh, precious uh, minerals and mines. and We, we all uh, want to be able uh, to go to the jewelry store and to uh, purchase the gold and the diamonds and those things that, that we hold as being very sacred and very exclusive and very rare. But none of those things just magically appear in the jewelry store in the mall. Those things have to be dug out. There's no computer that can do it for us. There are men and women that have to separate themselves uh, from you and I that are walking up here on, on this earth and go down into the depths of the earth. I have done that through a tour, which was still, I'm sure, pretty sanitized in South Africa, where many of these precious metals come from. But I have gone down into those mines on elevators, and, and I have seen uh, the covered faces of men and women working down there, separated from the rest of humanity for the distinct purpose to harvest something that is so valuable. Oh, my friend, when you talk about the presence of God, you got to realize to enter into His presence, you got to separate yourself from everything else. You can't expect God, hallelujah, to have His presence and His favor and to just sprinkle it like some sort of pixie dust over your existing life without any sacrifice. You're going to have to separate yourself unto Him. And Moses builds a strong case when he says this, Thy presence go not with us, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated. He is saying to the Lord, we have separated ourselves. We, there is no going back. Oh my folks, once you've been in the presence of God, there is no going back. Once you have separated yourself unto Him, there is no round trip. There is no other way that you can live. Once you have separated yourself unto Him, you've got to have the same question that Moses had. Is your presence going to be with me? 
And I'm glad to tell you that the Lord still booms forth uh, the same answer that He gave Moses thousands of years ago. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be by your side. You have found grace in my sight. And I know thee by name. Is there anybody in this house that wants to rejoice over the fact that He knows you by name? It was the crossing of the Red Sea. It was the embracing of the Word of Mount Sinai that brought the presence of God. God had to separate them unto Himself before He could surround them with His presence. I said God had to separate them unto Himself before He could surround them with His presence. Oh, we've been in a marriage seminar this past weekend, so let me give you another example. That's not in my notes, but I just felt it drop in my spirit. Whenever you want the presence of your husband or your wife, you want their total heart, you've got to separate yourself from everybody else, from every other relationship. You want the presence of God... You can't just have it on your terms. You've got to separate yourself from, from everything else. You can't expect God and His presence to go to some of the places you used to go and to hang around some of the people you used to hang around. You've got to separate yourself unto God and say, Lord, I desire Your presence more than I do any other relationship, more than any other entertainment. I want Your presence, God. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to separate myself unto You. To abide in the presence of God, you have to separate yourself unto Him. And the first thing that we see in the Word of God that causes us to be able to enter into His presence is pursuit. Everybody say pursuit. You've got to pursue His presence. Oh, hallelujah. I said you've got to pursue His presence. There was nothing in the word here that I read that Moses was admonished by God for pursuing his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, no, the Lord answered in the affirmative. Yes, you have separated yourself. Yes, I've given grace unto you. Yes, I'm not going to hold the sins of the golden calf and the worship and the going back in your uh, your culture and your your mindset to the the false worship and the idolatry and the debauchery that was in egypt you've gotten distracted you got disoriented because your 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 leader was up in mount sinai for 40 days but i'm not going to hold that against you you've submitted yourself under the word of god and we're going to go forward in the presence of god there's still a promised land that's out ahead of you though you've made some mistakes my presence is still with you because you're separated unto me. Oh, I feel like preaching to somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. You may have made some mistake, but the promise is still in front of you. 
There is still the promised land to obtain. There's still the glory and the greatness of God that's before you. You can't live in your past. You can't live looking back over your shoulder and replaying every mistake over and over again. You'll begin to doubt whether God's with you. But I hear the voice of God booming through the ages of time. I am with you. I know you by name. You want his presence, you got to pursue him. You got to pursue him. You want the presence of an individual to be your spouse, you got to pursue him. Maybe I should do a seminar to all the young men here in the church. You want that girl to go to the banquet with you, don't just stand over in the corner and look pretty, go talk to her. Girls ought not to have to pursue you. A girl pursuing you is not a girl you want to be with. <laughs> Part two of the marriage seminar. I wasn't planning on giving to that. You need to pursue her. You, well, I'm afraid of rejection. Well, you've got to pursue. If it's if anything of value, you're going to have to put a little effort into it. I think sometimes we want God to just come to us like we're the prize. Oh, no, my friend. You've got to pursue His presence. Well, I want the Lord to come and just abide in my car and I want Him to come and be in my house and I want Him to come and, and be over my job site. I want Him to come and, and, and do... Well, guess what? You're going to have to pursue Him. I said, you're going to have to pursue Him. First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8, and David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue! God never turned away anybody that pursued Him. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. The pursuit wasn't always following protocol, but it was still pursuit. Uh, Jacob uh, tried to get the, the blessing of God through hook or crook, through deception. But when he separated himself from the family, when he separated himself from the covering of his mom and dad, when he separated himself from the anger of his brother and he was all by himself out in the wilderness, it was there that God showed up. Woo! Hallelujah! I've come to tell somebody, when your friends walk away, when relationships crumble, God doesn't operate the way that everybody else does. When other people walk away, God will come close to you. He said to Jacob, I'll be your God and you're going to be my people. And he saw the ladder of the angels ascending and descending. He was saying, I'm going to be with you. Separated unto me. And later on, he's needing that reassurance now because he's going back after many years to 
to see his brother and his family and sends his family on across the Jordan River. And he begins to wrestle. I think he wrestled in the spirit first before he wrestled with this, uh, this image of God, as it were, in the form of an angel. He wrestles all night. He's pursuing. He's pursuing. He's doing it. He's wrestling. He's pursuing. He's struggling. And at some point before the break of dawn, he's touched in the sinew of his thigh and he's got a limp. He's got a mark for the rest of his life. He's separated. He don't look like everybody else. Oh! Anybody else in this place ever had God put a mark on you? You couldn't go back to the world if you wanted to. You think different. You look different. You act different. You've been in the presence of God. When Moses came down off the mountain, they had to put a veil over his face. He didn't look like everybody else did because he had been in the presence of God. Oh, my friend, when you get in his presence, you're not going to look like everybody else. You're not going to act like everybody else. But it's going to be worth it. Lady with the issue of blood pursuing the Lord. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. He wasn't supposed to be out in public. Supposed to shout, unclean, unclean. Got knocked down, I'm sure. Got scolded. Probably had people tell her she was breaking the law. But she kept pursuing, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. Oh, there's something about pursuit. Paul said, I press toward the prize of the high calling of God. Is there anybody in this place that's willing to pursue God? One of the, one of the places that I feel the presence of God the strongest in all the earth it, that I've been is in the country of Madagascar where we were a few weeks ago. And I just I tried to learn as much as I could and, and observe. And I thought, Lord, what is it that makes your presence so strong here? Well, that's maybe if we were to just look at it from an objective you know, man-based opinion, we would come to some logical conclusions like, well, they don't have the distractions that uh, perhaps an affluent culture has. But I'm, I'm sure there's other distractions, even though they may be at the opposite end of the socioeconomic uh, spectrum. But I'm sure there's distractions, inconveniences in, in, in every aspect, regardless of um, what, whatever culture you're in. What is it that specifically allows the presence of God to be so strong? Uh, I think through these four different things I want to share with you tonight, through this time that we're going to have in the presence of God, I, I want to show you a few clips of our recent um, trip to Madagascar because I think it illustrates uh, these four points. The first one is what I would 
identify as people pursuing God. Nobody would invite them. They would just begin to run. As they would start to sing and worship. They didn't wait on an altar call. They would just begin to pursue God. amazing thing. I wish I could load up a plane. and Maybe if God blesses us enough, we can charter a plane and have Brother Eric just fly us all to Madagascar one year. But until then, I'll just show you these video clips. But it's an amazing thing when 20,000 people are pursuing God. The, you, you, can, you, you can feel the reciprocation of God. Now, we, we may not have uh, 20,000 people here tonight. I'm pretty sure we don't. But even if there's 20 people that would pursue God, I bet the Lord would put His presence right smack dab in the middle of it. Oh! Anybody in this building want to spend some time pursuing God? Let's stand together and we're going to take a, I don't know, we'll just see how it goes. I don't, I don't want to be bound by the clock, but I do want to give us some direction. And I'd like for us to just pursue God. You, you can pursue God through worship. You can pursue God through your petitions. You can pursue God um, with your uh, energy. You can pursue God with your focus. You can pursue God by lifting up your voice. But I want us to not be passive. I want us to take some time and I want us to pursue the Lord and say, God, we want your spirit. I don't want to live another day without the presence of God upon everything that I do. I want us to begin to lift our voice. You'll come down to this altar, whatever you got to do to get in the presence of God. Would you take some time right now and just begin to pursue Him? Jesus, we are hungry for you, oh God. We are thirsty for you, oh God. 
We come to you, God. We separate ourselves unto you, oh God. Forgive us, oh God, for being distracted. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I need it in my home. I need it in my mind. I need it in my spirit. Oh God, every day that we live, oh Lord, direct our steps, oh God. I wonder if our intercessors could begin to intercede right now. We need some intercessors in these last days. I need men and women to pray intercessory prayers. We can't go back across the Red Sea. To whom else can we go but unto you, oh God? You have the words of life.
Ishata Robosatala la Bahata, Ikonda Robosita, Yanara la Bosata Rabahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That's it. Begin to consecrate yourself unto Him. Maybe there's some things you feel in the Holy Ghost that God is saying, I want you to leave at this altar. Come on, maybe there's some things you've been hanging on to. And the Lord is saying, leave it behind so I can take you on a journey. Come on, don't let anything stand between you and the presence of God. Lord, I'm coming to you. Lord, I'm coming to you. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yashata Rabo Satara Labahaya. Yabo Koto Robo Sita. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. That's it. Don't be afraid to pray those uncomfortable prayers. Come on, break up the fallow ground. Renew in me a right spirit. Renew in me a clean heart. Oh God, we desire you, oh Lord. That's it, just push a little bit more. God won't turn you away. That's it, pushing the spirit. Oh, yes, Lord. Yakata Robo Sata Rabahaya. Yalabo Sata Labohota. Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we press, Lord, we push. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Shokota Rabasata. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Ya labo shatara labo hota. Jesus Hallelujah Hallelujah Yes Lord 
Jesus. Hallelujah. When you're trying to push through and praying, there's a buffeting that takes place. Just as when they were, Chuck Yeager was trying to break the sound barrier, they didn't know what was going to happen. They were trying to break the speed of sound, which is 700 and something miles an hour in an airplane. They dropped him into that X1 and they launched him. And uh, they were trying to stay in radio contact with him, but he began to tell about how the whole plane was shaken. Um, like they thought it would disintegrate or come apart. But he said then he punched through that sound barrier, the first man to ever break the sound barrier in an airplane, and, and then it was just smooth. Many times when you're praying, there's a, a spiritual barrier because you're dealing with flesh and humanity, and you're trying to push in the spirit, but your flesh wars against it. And when you get close, there's a buffeting that takes place. And many times when that buffeting takes place, we back up from it. But you've got to push through that, that buffeting. And when you do, you'll enter into that presence and it's smooth sailing. Oh, hallelujah. It won't feel like work anymore. It'll just feel like glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we've broken through the spiritual barrier. But to get to that point, sometimes you'll get to feeling that buffeting and that, that, that shaking. But when it happens, I'm going to encourage you tonight even to push through that. Because if you do, you're going to begin to enter into a place you've never been before. And you'll begin to feel the glory of God all over you. Hallelujah. You'll know that God's on your side and everything's going to be all right. God's going to direct our steps. He knows us by name. Hallelujah. The second way that we enter into the presence of God is through passion. I, I begin to look through the Word of God and see how that many of the people that God used were passionate people. Um, they sometimes were passionate uh, in ways that were perhaps what we would think of as being counterproductive to what God's plan was for their life. People like uh, Peter, who oftentimes would react in an impulsive way and would, you know, get his foot in his mouth and would react, you know, with his sword and taking off that guy's ear, all this stuff. That, but he was passionate. God never turned him away because of his passion. He just had to channel that passion. I mean, Paul was a passionate person and he was passionate about what he believed in and the Lord had to channel that passion. David, throughout all of Psalms, you read about the passion that he um, had. One of the things I saw when I was in uh, uh, Madagascar was the passion uh, that these uh, people demonstrated in their approach to God. And I began to think about that and think, Lord, how can we at East Wind begin to enter your presence with passion? I want us to work on that a little bit tonight at praying with passion. You say, well, pastor, exactly how do we do that? I don't absolutely know the formula. I just feel like if you give it everything you've got and say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about what I look like. I'm not going to worry about what my friends think. I'm not going to worry about protocol. I'm not going to worry about tradition. 
I'm just going to pursue God with passion and with everything that I've got. It may be lifting your voice. It may be walking around the building. It may be using your hands. It may be your feet. It may be in the dance. I don't know. But put passion into it. I'm, I'm, I know we may not get 100% participation with this, but I think for the ones that will, begin to pray with passion. We were, you know, just praying with, um, with this pursuit, and I, I felt in the Holy Ghost to say we need intercessors that can pray. You know, whenever people, uh, even like Hannah, prayed with such passion that they thought she was drunk, the priest, they didn't even know, but there was passion, and God heard her prayer. And granted her petition. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God would answer some prayers right now tonight. Is there anybody that would begin to pray with passion right now? Would you just begin to pray with passion?
third way that we enter into his presence is through praise. David said, I will enter into his courts with praise. Oh, hallelujah. There was a statement that was made, Brother Carney made over the weekend. I wrote it down. It said, God will only dwell in a house that honors him. How many of you want God to dwell in this house? It only comes with praise. I was, I was walking down the street there in old downtown Melbourne um, with my wife, and there was uh, a little uh, model of a float plane that was hanging there in the window. It reminded me of the, of the 10 years that I had going down to the Amazon with Brother Benny DeMerchant, the missionary, and flying those float planes up and down the Amazon to all those stick churches and little churches up and down the river. And it's amazing, over a thousand churches up and down that river. And we'd fly that little float plane in down there. And he told me uh, in Manaus where his house was when he first went there. He'd been there over 50 years as a missionary before he went on to be with the Lord. But he told me, he said, man, I used to, when I first came here, I was trying to learn the language, which is Portuguese in, in Brazil. And he said, uh, the big old soccer stadium holds 40,000 people right there in the center of the town. And he said, you know, my house wasn't far from there. And he said, I'd try to have a little service on uh, Sunday and we'd had about 10 or 15 people and we were gathered together and he said man that soccer game was going on just down the street and uh, I, it, it scared me to death the first time it happened to me but when they score a goal they set off fireworks you think that you're under attack we were sitting at his table eating one day whenever this all happened I about dove under the table but he said when I was first here and they would shout as loud as they could, Goal! And uh, he said, we'd have to stop the Bible study. We'd have to stop the service just to allow them to finish their celebration of somebody putting a foot on a ball and kicking it into a net. I don't think the world should outpraise us. We who traffic in the presence of God why should they outpraise us for a football game or a soccer game? I, I saw where over 120-something people died in a, in a soccer game in Indonesia uh, over the weekend of, of, of two teams fighting and tear gas and people being stampeded, all of that craziness over a sports game. Oh, we who know what it is to be in the presence of God. Oh, there ought to be a praise in our mouth. There ought to be a something that would come in the innermost being. Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Yes! 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 Hallelujah!
everything that has breath, give praise unto him. Jesus, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my heart. Jesus. We bless you, Lord. You are high and lifted up, God. There is none that is like unto thee, O God. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the keeper of my heart. You are the high and exalted one. You are the lily of the valley. There is none that is like unto thee. You cut the rubble, Satan. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord.
at Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Oh. 
Oh, yes. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. You are holy and mighty, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. After Brother Demerchant went to the Amazon, we went down there with him. He was dedicating the Jerusalem Center, which is where the two rivers come together. He told him that story about them shouting goals so loud in that stadium that they would have to stop their service. But he said, there's about 10,000 people here tonight. And instead of shouting goal, I want us to shout glory. He said, on the count of three just to send a message to hell that the gospel is preached in this Amazon basin that people have been saved and that God is greater than anything else I want us to shout glory and he said one, two, three and that whole crowd shouted glory that's greater than shouting gold the next day, we drove by that stadium again, and he said, Brother David, one day, we're going to have that stadium full of people worshiping the Lord. I said, Brother Demerchant, I believe it. Let's agree together. And we prayed in the car. Well, I got good news for you. We've rented that stadium. And next August, we're going to have 40,000 people in that stadium. And announce Brazil. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. And we're going to be shouting glory. Glory. Glory to God on the highest. Oh, I want to lift up his name all over this earth. Hallelujah, Jesus. The 
the fourth way that we enter into His presence is through prayer. Through prayer. And there's something about pursuit, praise, passion, and then prayer. That when we begin to pray together, the presence of God comes down as we have already felt in this building here tonight. At one point I was, we were in Madagascar a few weeks ago and the guy that was running the the sound was a, a guy here from Virginia. His name's Tim. He had an iPad and he's going around checking all the decibel levels. And at one point all of the people were down in the altar area that could get there and they were just praying. There was no music. There was nobody in the microphone. It was just prayer. And he said, look at this. And I had to lean in close to even hear him. He said, see that decibel level? I don't remember what the reading of it was. But he said, that's the equivalent of standing behind a jet on takeoff. It's the same noise level. You got that video clip of them just praying? Just turn up the volume real loud. There's no music here. There's no anybody in the microphone. It's just the sound of people praying. like for us to do tonight. I'd like for us to join together, find somebody that you can stand with, and I want you to put your arm around them, and let's begin to just pray together with everything that we've got. I want us to shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. We don't need music. We don't need me in the microphone. Just the sound of God's people using their voice. Find somebody, put your arm around them. Oh, that's it. Use your voice like a trumpet. <laughs> 